Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon, as always. Shay, week one is officially here for high school football across the country. So we've got a lot to talk about in that respect. But also, LSU is going to see one of its top targets make his decision this week. So we'll get to that. But first, Let's jump in here with the Duncanville crew going off in a week one win in Dallas over South Oak Cliff, another defending state championship team. DeCorian Moore, the five-star wide receiver, nearly topped the 300-yard mark, while Caden Durham also notched 100 yards. Uh, this was a big statement game, I think, for especially DeCorian Moore going into his junior season. You could tell he's a lot bigger uh, physically now and was able to really show uh, why he's considered one of the best receivers in the country, uh, just overall. So um, I was there for it, and I, I just I came away super impressed with DeCorian Moore. The only time he'll play in SMU Stadium is my guess, Billy. Until uh, we get a little SEC-ACC challenge, maybe? Maybe so. That's true. Uh, boy, and South Oak Cliff, let's not sell them short. That's a state title team from a year ago. For DeCorian Moore to do what he did – as a junior against that team says how elite he is. He is a no doubt five-star. He will battle for the number one or two receiver in the country. He and Ryan Williams out of the gates are making quite the push there uh, as two five-star wideouts, one committed to Bama, one committed to LSU. The rich get richer there, two teams that have never struggled with wide receivers. But DeCorian at what, 5'11", Billy, just has 
he's electric. He doesn't play small. He plays bigger than he is. And there's um, a number of Twitter accounts that do this, but one that was tracks guys game speed, uh, had him getting at 22 miles an hour on one of his runs. Uh, in fact, it was this run. If you're watching it on YouTube right now, before he gets kind of tripped up at the end, somehow keeps his balance and still scores elite Billy, your thoughts, just seeing it in person. You've seen a lot of Texas high school football. I watched it streaming and it jumped out as like, man, th there's no way guys look like this every Friday night. Yeah, I, I think when I watch him, uh, he's got a little bit of that Justin Jefferson to him in a way. Um, I know he's not, I don't think he's as tall as Justin Jefferson was coming out of high school, but that second catch, if you're watching on YouTube, was really what kind of reminds me of Jets, uh, Jets that ability to really put his foot in the ground and, and make something a little bit more out of nothing, uh, I guess pun intended there, but uh, he's one of the best players in the entire country. And I watched him at Battle Miami on the Trillion Boys squad, which is one of the most impressive collection of talents uh, on the seven-on-seven -seven circuit that that you'll have really could find in the last few years. And he was right there at the top, just overall with a team that mostly had seniors on it. Uh, but DeCorian Moore was was probably the most impressive offensive player that that group had. And knowing what he did from a big playability as a junior. Uh, he put that state ch uh, championship on ice for Duncanville. I think if I'm remembering right, he caught a big bomb at the end of it to, to really put that game away um, for Duncanville in, in AT&T Stadium. And, you know, there was a lot of buzz around how good he, good he looked in the offseason. And now for him to come out and do what he did against Sock, which is missing some, some guys, some veteran uh, corners. But nonetheless, I mean, a high-level Texas high school football team that he went for 300 yards against and – you know, Duncanville has Keelan, Keelan Russell, the four-star quarterback, top 100 prospect for on three, getting him the ball. Um, but just his ability to make something out of nothing was really what I took away from watching DeCorian Moore. It was one of the more impressive wide receiver performances I've seen in a while. Yeah, if you're going to leave Louisiana, if you're LSU and you're leaving Louisiana to get receivers, these are the type of guys to do it. A no doubt game changer. And Yes, a long way till signing day, but people have to remember this is a kid who, in the wake of Colin Simmons committing to Texas, he committed to LSU, considers Odell Beckham to be his wide receiver idol, uh, kind of the guy he mimics his game after. A lot to like about what LSU is doing early on in the 2025 class. No doubt, but not to be outdone. Uh, look, I, it's tough to match DeCorey Moore's performance, but his teammate, Caden Durham, went at it on uh, Friday night as well. He really stayed with the run game as Duncanville normally does. Um, but I, I think watching him catch the football was really impressive. But one thing he did uh, was break a 70-yard touchdown run, and that really broke the game open early. It set the tone for Duncanville to really just dominate, uh, quite frankly, uh, a really good South Oak Cliff team. There was really no bones about it in terms of how that game was playing out um, and, and the LSU commit. Um, showed his explosiveness, showed his ability to make you know plays after the catch, I felt like, in, in the passing game. And uh, if not for a holding penalty, he would have had about a 45-yard reception on a wheel route as well. Um, that would have been a big pickup before half. Um, and he you know, just did it all, did a little bit of everything. Wasn't a huge night for him outside of the 70-yard touchdown run, but he just did a little bit of everything. I came away really impressed. Yeah, it's one of those things you watch the highlights if you are watching on YouTube or if you've seen them. 
always was moving forward, never was getting pushed back, you know, always got a couple of extra yards, but you had the play there, the touchdown. When he's got a little bit of space, when the O-line gives him the blocking and he sees the hole, he's gone. There's no linebacker or safety that's going to catch him. And that's when you see that at times has been sub 10, 6, 10, 5 speed, Billy. He is an elite, elite track guy, especially for someone at his size that's playing at over 200 pounds as a running back. He's not some smaller slot receiver or corner. He is doing this verified elite track stuff at Duncanville as a big running back and one who plays physical, not just relying on the speed he's got. I uh, Boy, going to be a lot of fun to watch Duncanville this year. And, hey, shout out Keelan Russell. I know the Mustangs are – are in there with uh, him right now, the quarterback at Duncanville, who had a very good game against South Oak Cliff. But uh, we will both say, Billy, we were at LSU's camp in June, and he was one of the better quarterbacks we saw. So he's a 2025. He's DeCorian Moore's age. We'll see uh, if he ever pops up down the down the line. Yeah, no question. Uh, SMU and Ole Miss battling away, but Joe Sloan's been in contact with him, you know, continuing to recruit him in case they need to make a move there on him uh, while they recruit Bryce Underwood and George McIntyre. We're going to move uh, really, I guess, a little northwest uh, or really west for the most part of uh, Dallas and head over to Alito, where LSU linebacker commit Devon Keys stepped up in a big way for his team in week one. He really had an impressive performance. He grabbed two interceptions in their win um, on Friday night as well. Keys is one of those guys that, you know, around the area is really well respected. He was a preseason um Pick for Defensive Player of the Year by the Fort Worth Star Telegram in the area. So um, everybody knows who Devon Keys is around here. And certainly he's committed to LSU. He's got that national recognition too. But I think that's a good sign for him to grab two interceptions in his week one game. I was out there uh, in the spring and saw him. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, those are now running uh, as well uh, with Matt House a little bit in the background here and there. But he's just a physical Physical linebacker, built really well. Not the tallest guy by any means, but does have plus length. And uh, he really tracked, um, if you're on Twitter, you can go out and find it. Uh, but track that second interception really well. Uh, that was uh, one of the ones that you could see his ability to read and coverage and, and really diagnose the passing game really well. I think his game reminds me a little bit, Billy, of Micah Baskerville. Someone who can play in coverage as a linebacker, but also still obviously get into the box, play the run. Uh, he had a pick six in that game, uh, as you mentioned, a couple of picks. What I really like, too, is that LSU is not only getting into Dallas, but when you're getting into Dallas and recruiting at schools right now, this cycle, like Alito, like Duncanville, um, last cycle, like a Denton Geyer, you're recruiting teams that are going for state titles every year that really develop players, where kids come out of there with a high football IQ, all of those things. And then you put yourself in position to land kids in the future at those schools. So if you're talking about recruiting in Texas, it's always been Houston. You know, LSU's never straight away there. But we, the more we get into now the Brian Kelly era, the more we keep saying they are now having a very real presence in Dallas, which is a great thing because there's a lot of big-time football being played there right now. Yeah, and I'm uh, local as well. So get to get out and see a lot of these kids. Don't have to go too far uh, between Dallas and North Louisiana these days. Uh, for me to get eyes on a lot of these kids in person uh, during their seasons. And Devon Keys is somebody that I'm going to see this year. I mean, there's a chance that I see him in October when they play South Hills. But at the end of the day, Alito has won a state record of state championships. And every year uh, they are either playing for one or they're winning one. And 
uh, I'll push my chips in probably uh, Thanksgiving weekend on um, seeing Devon Keys in action for Alito. And Shay, speaking of state championships, you know, Zachary, always in the mix for one as well. One of LSU's 2024 commits just made his debut uh, for Zachary, and that's Tradez Green, uh, who made the move over there uh, for his senior season as well. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This is going to be one to keep an eye on because I think that his move leaving the Felicianas and coming down to Zachary will benefit him in a big way because it'll put him in a, it'll play a lot tougher games, put him in a bigger spotlight on the football field, but also basketball wise. And he's got college basketball offers, including LSU, Matt McMahon and that staff have been evaluated him a good bit. He's got an offer there. He's primarily going to play football, obviously very tough to play both sports, but as a tight end, you see that athleticism, not just on the football field, but really on the basketball court with him. Uh, so I'm excited, Billy, to see because Zachary's got a great basketball program. They have a great football program under Brewerton. So are they able to spotlight him in a big way this season? It's something we're monitoring because we both circled trade as green as guy that within the tight end rankings and even overall has the chance to move up. There's not many kids out there that are 6'6", 6'7", 240-ish pounds and still move like he does and bring that kind of athletic weapon uh, as a tight end. I am sky high on Trey Des Green. I'm glad that they were able to get that commitment early because I think that had that been one that plays out into a senior year and he really blows up at Zachary, every team in the country now is trying to fight for him. So this is why you get Louisiana kids locked in early. You get to kind of sit back and put it on cruise control with a guy who's committed and now just focused on a senior season. Yeah, and I, I just from watching some video of Trey Dez kind of getting warmed up, I felt like he probably looks like he's almost lost a little baby fat. So I'm excited to uh, hear what you've got to report when you go out to Zachary and see him, um, you or Matty B, and, and get eyes on him. Because, I mean, he is somebody that, you know, we sent uh, – we had Peter go out and see him last fall. And it's kind of one of those games where it just didn't come together for him. But you look up at the end of the year and he had, you know, nearly 1,000 yards receiving. So – um, and that was before he got to Zachary. So they'll feature him. They'll get him involved. And uh, I think that could help him, you know, only get better and uh, be more prepared for getting to LSU, which um, will be here before we know it. And once again, he'll be a big body in that tight end room. And they'll have a, a really good ball of clay to really work with on on trade as green. Love what Mike Denbrock is doing in this tight end room right now. I mean, the guys that they were able to flip that room in one year, Billy, when you only brought back Mason Taylor, who was great as a freshman, but that was the only scholarship guy you brought back and you went out in the portal and you got the top really Juco tight end that was there over the summer and Connor Gilbreth, a blocker, which is what they needed. Mac Markway's come through. He's the lowest ranked guy they signed among the tight end group. He's probably going to play the most as a true freshman because of what he does as an inline blocker. And then you've got Camorian Pimpton, who may steal the show this year as a true freshman tight end in terms of just kind of some wow moments of what he's able to do with his length at the tight end position. Jackson McGohan, who was committed to Denbrock at Cincinnati, 
now follows him to LSU. You follow that up with Tradez Green. You've already got J.D. LaFleur committed for 2025 out of Sulphur, who's obviously a legacy, uh, David LaFleur's son. So, boy, oh, boy, the tight end room went from one guy to a pretty bright future in a hurry. I really, really, really uh, think they've done a good job there. So kudos to Mike Denbrock and the staff. Yep, well said uh, on uh, trade as green, and and we'll be talking about a lot of guys throughout the season. I mean, that's a great thing. There's weeks and weeks ahead. Uh, I am headed to Fort Lauderdale. Just got approved uh, for my credentials to see Colin Hurley on Friday. Battle against American Heritage. I'm not sure if you can watch that one online, but we'll have every throw Colin Hurley's uh, game on Friday on uh, our YouTube channel over the weekend, so you can check that out. Uh, Thursday night, still planning to go uh, to Evangel and uh, Neville. We'll see if that changes, but. Um, it'll be another big weekend for uh, us to track on the Bengal Tiger. If you're not on board, subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. Get your free Founders Club hat included or jump in for the annual deal. 50% off annual subscriptions uh, through LSU's game against Florida State. So a good opportunity to jump on board uh, with us uh, as this season gets underway. But, Jay, a lot of people have been jumping on board with our friends at Rogue Shop. Rogueshop.com, promo code BENGLETIGER gets you 10% off your entire order uh, on the shop. And, um, you know, I feel like I come back every week to the pain cream, uh, but I will say my pain uh, last week was so intense that I had to actually split the gummy in half and take your uh, kind of roadmap uh, for getting some better sleep. I, I took, a, took a spill playing hockey, and uh, really had a tough time getting around for about half the weekend, but uh, was able to sleep through the night. And I think that helped my recovery going into uh, week one, game week. What does a spill entail for the rogue shop people out there that are wanting to be customers? So they need to really understand uh, how this can happen and how much this might hurt. Did you get checked or did you just fall down? So it's about 110 here. And look, I got the excuse list ready to go. And the ice is really bad. And I caught an edge and just completely just went over on my side and uh, my backside and just caught it in the spot where there's just not any padding uh, on that hockey equipment. So I was uh, I was struggling. I also kind of bruised up my hand, too. So it was uh, um, what is it? That would be a non-contact injury. Uh, so a little embarrassing, bruised ego as well. But um, I'm back out there tomorrow night, seven o'clock for my beer league game. Was this one of those like for the troops things where y'all playing in Yankee stadium? Why are you outside? How did it get 110 degrees in an indoor hockey arena? No. So it's, it's the humidity that gets into and the heat that okay. gets into the building. It's just, it, 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 it matters. Shay. It matters. It's, All it's, right. That's, All right. It's, so it's, you take a non-contact injury spill. Yeah. Well, at least you're not walking around with like a boot on or a leg brace. Yes. Big, big. Haven't, haven't had to do that yet. Well, shout out to Rogue Shop. For real, there's been a lot of uh, support. A lot of people on uh, the site have continued to uh, to rock with Rogue Shop, ordering a handful of different things, CBD, THC, you name it. They've got it. Um, and yeah, look, Char's hanging out all day on the site. So at least get on there and chat with her and see what you come away with. Yep, exactly. Use that live chat feature. Again, promo code BENGALTIGER gets you 10% off your order at rogueshop.com. A lot of people uh, listening right now, you can turn it off if you don't want to listen. But uh, somebody said on the site last week that we don't talk enough about uh, the number one player in Louisiana who has a decision coming up. 
And so if you want to turn it off right now, you can mute it for a few minutes as uh, Shay and I are going to talk about Dominic McKinley, the number one player in Louisiana, set to make his decision on Friday. He is currently not projected to go to LSU. We are going to talk about him, kind of set the stage, but then move on to our kind of thoughts on Louisiana recruiting, kind of where things stand, because this is the really the final domino going into uh, senior seasons right now of the 2024 class. Shay, uh, it looks like Texas, Texas A&M, even Oklahoma, you had a great piece on the Bengal Tiger where you pulled basically uh, all the guys who cover a bunch of teams. And it seems like this one's going to trend out of state, so we don't need to spend too much time on him. But um, if it does go against LSU, kind of closing thoughts on Dominic McKinley? Yeah, I mean, look, from talking to everyone around his recruitment at all these different schools, as you noted, <clears throat> it seems that the teams that got official visits in June, which a lot of them were parlaying that coming off of, you know, unofficial visits in the spring were the ones who really grabbed momentum. Now at the very end of the summer, LSU got him back to campus and they had had him in campus uh, in April, but did not get a, did not schedule a June official visit. He went out of state for them all. And it just felt like Billy that LSU fell behind there. We're having to at least play catch up to the impact that those schools made well, you couple that with not long after the Bayou Splash, you have the unfortunate news uh, of Jimmy Lindsay being hospitalized, LSU's D-line coach. But I also just look back, bigger scope here, that LSU, every single year since the national championship season, has changed D-line coaches. They had a year where Meatball got hurt. Uh, they end up going in a new direction. Uh, who was that? Bill Johnson. I think he was coach for two years, maybe. But before that, they were changing over year to year from Orgeron into the next guy is Andre Carter was in that mix. When I can name you six or seven defensive line coaches within a decade, you're not going to have much continuity recruiting the position. Now, that can explain away maybe some national recruiting, all of that. There is no real sugar coating when it's the number one player in Louisiana from the Acadiana area, goes to Acadiana High. LSU, they've played a lot of, or a lot of people said, well, LSU came in late on him. Well, yeah, they could have been first, but they weren't that late. Everybody offered within a two-month span, and LSU was right in the middle of that. So I think at this point, you just fell behind, and now you're trying to find a way to catch up and maybe win this one. Billy, I think me and you are on the same page, you and I. LSU's probably playing more for December right now. And when you have an in-state player who commits elsewhere that you still want, you really ramp up that pressure and that push, whatever you want to call it, even more. You've got an official visit in your back pocket. You've got in-home visits. You've got a game visit where you can go see him uh, play in person. And if he plays elsewhere and you go see him play at another team's field, you can see him again. There's so many more opportunities. Getting him into Tiger Stadium for games this fall between now and signing day in December to where this one could sway in LSU's favor now. I don't think that we're there yet and there would be have to be work to be done. What does that ultimately mean? It means that there is a chance here for the third year in a row, Billy, that the number one player in Louisiana doesn't go to LSU. Now, granted, it's a transition year. They were coming off back-to-back -back 500 seasons. Jacoby Matthews left the state for A&M. Nobody ever thought Arch Manning was coming to LSU. But now with Dominic McKinley, it's almost like, hey, look, y'all been here a year and a half. At this point, it doesn't. It looks like other teams outside the state have trumped where LSU is in terms of recruiting him. And one player doesn't make or break a class. But when they really need D linemen and interior D linemen, at that I think that's what really stings here. 
This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, I think you said it well. And I think for me, you look back on, you know, when staff first got here, there was even still transition just overall. You're waiting on, you know, Matt House to get in the mix and and things like that. And, um, you know, 2023, there was a little bit of, you know, Arch Manning wasn't coming here, like you said. Derek Williams, I mean, credit to Texas. They they didn't let any program get a creek in that door um, last cycle and and were able to pull him in uh, from Westgate. And then LSU did a pretty solid job. You know, I mean, Shelton Sampson, Zalance Hurd, um, Tyree Adams, Caleb Jackson, Kylan Jackson, Dylan Carpenter, Lady Val, Ricky Collins. Guys like that, I felt like it was a good group that they got on uh, board. You know, I think looking back, Jordan Matthews, they should have made the move earlier. I think they've kind of learned some lessons here and there when it comes to guys like that. I could compare, you could look at Gabriel Relliford and compare him and say, that's your Jordan Matthews of this cycle. Um, you know, I think for me, we were at camp last summer, Dominic McKinley, well, last summer, summer 2022. So before, Dom's junior season. And he was just the biggest kid out there. I mean, he didn't grab anyone's attention. Um, but I also think, you know, you look at a guy with that size, and this is where I think going forward, LSU can't be the ones, especially as the in-state school, to maybe overthink things in a way. Because you have a guy like that who doesn't have an offer, but you measure him, he probably ran, he probably did all of those things because he was under the radar then. He hadn't had his junior season. And on the flip side, you already had an offer out to Demirian Johnson. You had an offer out to Melvin Hills. He picked up his offer, I'm 99% sure, right in June um, or May around that time. And look, those are guys that were squarely on the radar and things like that. But you got to be able to walk the line of projecting and, you know, that that aspect of it and so it is really hard you know Gabriel Relliford's a guy that you know added a bunch of weight over the course of the offseason and you know really blew up the spring when teams went to watch him but again I think the the hardest thing that I that I think LSU is learning is with some of these prospects that maybe are projectable or maybe are at most on the radar just barely even they've got to be recruiting them like they're going to offer them. And I know that's a hard thing to do, but if you're bringing kids in and showing them love and showing the family love, if it takes you a while to move on the actual offer, you won't have as much ground to make up. And I am with you where they didn't offer late enough where that is ultimately an impact on this recruitment. But I feel like from a relationship building perspective, when Dom and his family are big relationships people. I mean, you know, his mom is an educator. They're big on that school aspect, very religious family, all of those little things. You've got to, sh you've got to find a way. Hey, what is this kid like? What's he interested in? Because if you watch him, 
he could care less about recruiting. He really could. But he can absolutely go through and tell you about what he wants to do with the rest of his life. There was a great um, TV interview with one of the Acadiana area stations where he just lit up about school and all of those things. So you have to be able to press the right buttons. And whether it's a defensive line coach turning over or whether it's you know the staff that is supposed to be recruiting guys and helping the assistant coaches, the support staffs, this was one that there couldn't be any screw-ups because they had to get Dominic McKinley. That was our that was LSU's number one guy, position of need, number one player in Louisiana. And, you know, as it stands right now, they're not going to get him on Friday. There's a shot that things change. You know, Texas A&M, Texas, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they're probably not going to all give up no matter if they don't get him. You know, he's a five-star. He's going to be recruited as such. But he is one of those guys that just doesn't seem to enjoy this process. And so it's going to be hard. But the first thing they're going to have to do is find a way to get him back on campus for a game. And I don't know how you go about that and how you figure out that way to do that. But, you know, they, they've got to find a way to do that and, and just try just about anything to chip away. He's not one of, I, I, he's just not one of those guys that I think is going to be swayed at the last second by LSU. This is going to have to be a really concerted effort um, to find a way to shift this one. Yeah, that's why I think that using the months ahead might be LSU's best shot here. And look, we thought that they were making up ground after the Bayou splash, and technically they have. It's just probably not enough to get it done this week. I will say, though, Billy, that I do think this personnel department, because that's where it really starts, is these coaches aren't watching film of every kid in the country and every ninth grader and tenth grader out there. You hire and staff a personnel department who does a lot of this. And I think the personnel department is hitting a stride. And look, I've talked to a number of people about this, where now everyone that hired, you know, Kelly and them have hired, has been brought in from student workers to full-time guys. They've settled in. They have a plan in place. And it's starting to show because look at next year's rankings, Billy, the 2025 Louisiana is deep. They have double digit guys in the top 300. LSU's already offered every single kid on there who's like actually blown up and, you know, started to take off. And a lot of it because LSU offered and then other teams started to follow suit. You look at the 2026 class, which is going to be another deep one. These kids are only sophomores right now in high school. Five, I believe, kids from Louisiana made the on three top 100 watch list. All five already have LSU offers before the watch list came out. We could even go to the freshmen, the kids who are just now playing week one of football. Rustin and West Monroe play last weekend. The next day, LSU offers a mod, uh, or I said a mod bro, uh, a mod Hudson out of Rustin, a mod bro's teammate at Rustin. But that was his first college offer. He's got a college basketball offer from La Tech. That was his first college football offer, and he's one game into his high school career. So I think that any worry that they might be slow to catch up on guys or might miss guys, like that may happen, but boy, it's going to be tough because they are putting a very, very concerted effort into not letting anything slip through the cracks in Louisiana and guys start to emerge. They're kind of on the you know cusp of it. They're one of the first teams that are going to offer these kids. Yeah, and and – to be clear, I don't think offering when they did or whatever on Dom impacted that at all. I'm just saying there was he was there, uh, you know, last summer where his size was apparent. I try to take a picture of every single kid that 
jumps off the uh, football field, whether or not they're coordinated enough is, is another story, but usually that gets you a little bit of attention. And um, again, you know, this is one of those where I, I just, for whatever reason, he is not, I, I don't think he's vibed that well as he has with other schools with LSU staff. And I don't know how to explain that or don't know how to, um, you know, reason with that. But um, if he, you know, were to rank his schools publicly, I don't know if LSU would be in the top three right now. I don't know if they'd be in the top four. Um, you know, there's been spurts here and there where, you know, they felt like after Bayou splash that he was more open. He was had a good time. And I think there's merit to that. But even after that, you know, we heard that there was Ohio State buzz and that they were the team that everybody behind the scenes was worried about. Then Texas had, a, you know, has had confidence all summer. A&M's been lurking. Just seems like LSU hasn't gotten any sort of footing in that recruitment. And, you know, it's all about landing these kids. But, you know, when you look ahead to 2025, you feel good about Harlem Berry. You feel good about James Simon. But they have to keep momentum with these kids because this is a state that is really, really starting to get more and more competitive, in part because of how North Louisiana is trending. They have got to get these kids locked in early and get the top ones locked in early because, you know, they're currently about to see Wardell Mack and Dominic McKinley uh, leave the state. And those are two guys that, you know, back in the spring, we probably early spring, we probably wouldn't have said that um, there was much of a chance of that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think this is one where when you have to get a kid, especially at a position of need, this is going to be a tough blow if he doesn't go their way. And uh, they're going to have to make up, uh, make up for it with defensive linemen outside the state of Louisiana. And look, I can make an argument too that let's say he picks AM. I can make the argument that LSU's got the best shot of any team outside of AM then to flip him because I don't think he would go to an AM and then flip to a Texas or an OU or Ohio State. A flip would be okay, I am going to stay home. Okay, I do now have a better relationship. I see more about the upside of LSU. And that's where he ends up. So far from done here, I, I think, but I don't think it's going to be LSU this week. Uh, that does not mean they'll give up there. And I think, in my opinion, that they probably, the, if Dom McKinley goes elsewhere, there's probably a better chance that he flips than a guy like Wardell Mack, who I think ends up probably, you know, sticking with Florida. And I don't, at this stage, see him flipping back into LSU's corner. At least with Dom McKinley, he did make an April visit where he visited nobody else. In July, he made an LSU visit for the Bayou Splash. He didn't visit anybody else. So you've gotten him back to campus. Can you continue to do that if he commits elsewhere will be the big question. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see. I, I think he's going to be a very, very tough flip. So, um, But, hey, that's why the staff gets paid the big bucks is to uh, get a guy like him. Shay, what does – let's close out with this. What would missing on Wardell Mack and uh, Dominic McKinley – do for you in terms of how you would view the class if they stuck with everybody they got if uh in terms of the guys in louisiana in terms of recruiting louisiana how big of an impact is that for you in terms of how you would see lsu's efforts in louisiana yeah i think that i'd view this twofold one and if you're just looking under the dominic mckinley microscope you would want them then to have gone outside the state and landed an elite defensive tackle that softened that blow or that it was like, hey, okay, this guy left, but we got this guy instead. 
that would be one way to erase that worry or that doubt or or that you know negative check mark on the recruiting class of missing out on a top player in the state. On the other hand, and I've seen Louisiana time and time again do it, it's deep enough to where the kid right 12th or 13th or 15th ends up being a pretty big time player for you. And if you're doing your evals correctly and you're hitting on the right guys, that can pay off. We're seeing Ashton Stamps knock on the door right now as a potential start, not starter, but second team guy is going to play a lot as a freshman. He was the lowest ranked guy on the on three industry rankings for LSU signing class a year ago, coming out of Rumble of all places, a big time player that you and I both liked a lot. The fact that let's look at the top 13 players that they've offered in Louisiana in the consensus ranking, they've got 10 of them. We mentioned Wardell Max not going to LSU. Don McKinley's uncommitted at the moment. And then Gabriel Relaford, who had committed to Texas A&M, later got an LSU offer, and they're working to flip him. But you've got the other 10 guys. You're not, we're not out there debating where Deshaun McBride, Joel Rogers, Tradez Green, who we talked about earlier on the podcast, Jawan Johnson, who was committed to Deion Sanders and got flipped right after the spring game when he visited uh, Boulder for an unofficial visit. They've done a very good job to me, and they've gone out and gotten guys. We're not even mentioning that top 15. Joseph Cryer as an interior offensive lineman, Wallace Foster out of New Orleans, uh, Aaron Burrell, the number one kicker in the country coming out of Parkway. If they were, if they had like half those commitments, I'd be pressing a little bit of a panic button and saying, boy, they've got to tighten up in Louisiana. One or two guys isn't going to, doesn't lead me to believe, Billy, that like Louisiana's, the fence is down and everybody's rating it because you're not going to get everybody. What stings is that right now, the top two players in the state in the current rankings are trending towards leaving the state. But the reality is that number three through number 15 all matter a lot and may matter more in the end than number one or two did. So I like the hit rate. I, I've, I've said it all along. If they can get more than 80% of the kids they offer in Louisiana each cycle, that's a recipe for success. They're well on the way to that. Uh, and we'll ultimately see what happens with McKinley and Mac. Yeah, I, I think for me, I said this at the beginning of, of this cycle and I said, I'm going to always view how this class, especially in Louisiana, is based on if they can get Dominic McKinley and Wardell Mack. And maybe that was me writing off Tylen Singleton. But look, those two guys are guys that, whether it be New Orleans area kid with Frank Wilson, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't back that interest up that he had earlier in the spring. And we can probably have an old po whole podcast on that after the fact. But, you know, that is a guy that, you know, in New Orleans, in the past, you've circled and you said, oh, don't even bother. I mean, you know, if you're another school, don't even bother. Frank Wilson's going to have that. And I mean, you look back at when Mickey Joseph got Jamar Chase, that was not easy. You know, Auburn really, really thought they had Jamar Chase at the end there. And Mickey Joseph swung in there and was able to make that one happen. So there's a, and you can look back at it like a Sage Ryan. There's other recruitments in the past that LSU has been able to, you know, sway things very very late in the process and we'll see there's still plenty of time until signing day but those two top guys not being in the boat one or the other is really probably how i'm ultimately going to view this this louisiana run but let me say this i love deshaun mcbride i think he should be the number two player in louisiana for our rankings um i think joel rogers should be a little bit higher you know tylen singleton i think has a chance to maybe move up a little bit more Tylen Singleton is a very impressive land for LSU. You know, that was a kid that Manny High, 
He hadn't visited. He doesn't even need to visit. And then he ends up just committing, which again is kind of where LSU has in the past kind of been able to change some of these kids' minds at the last minute. And so I look at some of those guys, including Joel Rogers, who didn't take his Alabama visit. They've got some really quality lands in Louisiana. I just think when you look at the top two guys and going ahead of this year, it's a Brian Kelly and his staff, they're going to have to show me uh, next year in 2025 that they can they can do this and they can land the highest ranked guys in Louisiana, Harlem Berry, Jabari Antoine, James Simon, Keelan Moses, guys like that. Those are critical, critical pieces to this class. Devin Harper, who Georgia is pressing for in a big way. I need to see LSU win those hotly contested recruiting battles. They did it on a few guys this cycle, but they didn't do it on the number one and number two players in Louisiana. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I hear you. I, um, again, I think that they're in good hands, uh, in Louisiana, because when you've got a guy like Frank Wilson and a lot of others on staff who know Louisiana and know the importance of it, the more that that resonates with Brian Kelly, the more time and effort they're going to continue to spend in Louisiana. I think they've got a good grip on how good 25 and 26 are in Louisiana. So they're getting out ahead of it, which is a good thing. And now they'll have had, by the time they got hired, Billy, these next couple of classes, those kids will have been recruited by them throughout high school. So the familiarity, the relationships that you talked about earlier, that will all be built in already uh, and have been cooking now for a year, two years by the time those guys become seniors. And I'm glad you did point that out because they had, did win some battles this year. Like people said Talon Singleton was not coming to LSU. They were just yeah. like no chance. And he did. Very out of the blue. Bam. I'm announcing this week and I'm picking LSU. Uh, you Think about it. You said Joel Rogers, who was about to visit Bama. He shut it down and committed to LSU. Uh, Jawan Johnson flipping him from Dion uh, in Colorado when at that time in the spring, Colorado was the hot name. They were popping commits every five minutes and they get him to flip. Then you just toss in guys that we know we like, Kylan Billiot, who they made a camp offer to, Michael Turner, who's kind of a burner coming out of John Curtis. And you're getting into schools like Destrahan for Collage Cobbins, who you're a big fan of. I continue to like what they do as a whole in Louisiana, but I'm with you. You always want to be able to lock up the top guys will see what happens by signing day, but moving forward, most certainly the Harlem berries of the world. You cannot let leave the state. Yeah. So to borrow a uh, phrase that, uh, and tweak it a little bit that maybe Brian Kelly knows well is, uh, what is it? No excuses recruit like a champion. That's what they need to do in Louisiana in 2025. Uh, lock the gates, um, truly, uh, on that class, because there's some real high end quality guys up at the top there. And, we're only seeing more and more emerge in that class. So it's got a chance to uh, really be special. So all the more reason for them to prioritize it. So with that, Shay, if you don't have anything else, we're going to wrap this baby up. Uh, the last recruiting podcast of the offseason, uh, in a way. The uh, football season is now here. LSU kicks off on Sunday against Florida State. Love the mailbag pod uh, yesterday uh, from you guys, Matty B and Shay. So check that out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the site, a dollar for a, uh, for your first month and 50% off your first year and get your free founders club hat as well. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. And, uh, we'll catch you again with another edition of madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. 
Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.